Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. your mama's gamer podcast the podcast where we talk about oh my gosh i was about to give the old intro because it was like 10 years of the old intro um where we talk about i don't know living working playing in and around the games industry and we do all of this from a feminist perspective my name is smith blackman and i'm an associate professor here at purdue university in west lafayette indiana and i am joined tonight by one one of my usual co-hosts, Jordan Lukomsky, and two, um, our amazing guest, um, <laughs> Trey Andrea Rustworm from USC, but we'll talk more about that in just a second. So first, um, Trey, how are you? Who are I you? Am, Tell us about yourself. I'm well, thank you. I am Trey Andrea Rustworm, and I am a professor who mostly teaches video games, but also uh, film and other media, popular culture, Black popular culture. And yes, now I am at USC after being many, many years at UMass Amherst, uh, which I still have a fondness for, of course. And uh, it's my first year back in California. So we're here. We're ready for the sun which does happen quite often, not today, not yesterday, <laughs> but most days it is amazingly relentlessly sunny uh, and I'm enjoying my permanent tan. I mean, I'm black, so, but still I've gotten, <laughs> you know, a little bit, a little bit more of a tan. <laughs> got a melanin boost. You got a melanin mm-hmm. boost. Uh-huh. I got that vitamin D. I love All it. right. And Jordan, who are you? How are you? All the things. Doing good. I am an environment artist at That Snow Moon um, in Los Angeles, California. Also very much enjoying the rainy weather. Um, growing up in the Midwest, miss the, uh, the storms. Uh, so appreciating the rain also. California needs it, so that's good. Um, but yeah, still working on things and stuff. Excited to talk about the things and stuff um when we can um but yeah doing doing well excited to talk about it when we can i get it (laughs) we'll we'll, we'll wait we're patient we're patient so y'all we'll start with our usual what we play and what we read and what we drinking because those are all very important things and things that we need to talk about um and trey because we like to pretend we have manners around here we'll let you go first what you playing 
okay so is the whole episode about what we're playing should i sprinkle it out a little by little or just you can just go through a a quick list and we'll talk about it in detail all right cool so i am playing tacoma um i am also playing grand theft auto online cannot wait to talk to you about this sam and my adventures uh i've been playing spirit fairer and i have returned to the lovely world of don't starve the lovely creepy world of don't starve so i think that's most of what i've been playing i want to be playing god of war not the one that is coming out is it out is it out yet i think it's coming out this week um or soon i wanted to play the previous one to kind of get ready for this one but that hasn't happened it's such a commitment with a long narrative game so i haven't but uh that's what i'm playing just jump straight into the new one trey just jump straight into the new one i'm probably gonna have to uh there's just not enough time to to catch up you know on all these these long-standing franchises so no it's never enough time you know the commercial with uh ben stiller lebron uh, John Travolta. So that kind of, you know, is kind of a weird commercial, but it's got some some new spin and some new buzz around the game. So we'll see. <clears throat> nice. Okay. Jordan, what about you? What you playing? I am playing a few, not necessarily regulars, but they're games that I come back to on occasion, depending on like events or updates, DLC, what my friends want to play. So two of those have been Deep Rock Galactic um, and For the King. Uh, One that should be on there that I'm really upset isn't because I forgot until I needed to list out what games I was playing was the World Food Festival for Overcooked. And I'm really disappointed that I haven't played that yet uh, because I forgot. So that should be on there, but it's not. Honorable mention. Um, And then some of the regular just games that I'm playing not video game related is D&D. We're still continuing our group. We're entering our two and a half years, which is wild to me and I still don't know all the rules (laughs) two and a half years in but we're having a good time um and my kickstarter for the new avatar the last airbender legends tabletop role-playing game is coming in and I think I might be gming a game for that so I have just been heads down preparing reading a bunch of stuff super nervous super excited we'll see how that goes um and then the two new video games that I've been playing is a game called Strange Horticulture and Against the Storm. I'll wait and ask you about Strange Horticulture until we start talking, talking. Because that one looks interesting. So, okay. I'll run through mine really quick. Um, it's been a minute since we since we recorded. So I have a gazillion games that I've played but I'm only going to talk about the ones I've been playing for like the last week or two. Um, so um, let's see. What have I been playing? Mario and Rabbit Sparks of Hope. Um, because I loved the first Mario and Rabbit game. Um, so when the Sparks of Hope was announced, I was like, yes, give it, give it all to me. And it looks so good. Um, the last one was like nothing to like, turn your nose up at but this one looks amazing um i'll talk more about that but um uh harvestella i have been playing harvestella i have been i gotta be honest the last couple of square enix games have been kind of a disappointment 
So when they announced Harvestella, I was like, that looks really good. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. And and I was like, but I'm going to wait. <laughs> but I'm going to wait because I'm tired of throwing my money at Square Enix and being disappointed. Uh, but then they put out the demo. And I didn't play, I didn't even play the demo at first because I was just like, I'm going to wait. I don't even want to be disappointed in the demo. Um, so I waited until probably, I don't know, two or three days before the game came out. Um, and I think they had even patched the demo by that point because people had co certain complaints about the game. So they went in and adjusted things like the length of the day. Um, and because people were, people were complaining about the fact that like you couldn't get like a, a day's worth of work done in the, in the length of a day. So they were even like taking feedback and patching the demo. So I went and I played the demo and I was hooked and I was like, okay, I'm going to play this game. So um, <laughs> Harvestella, um, and I'll talk more about that once we start talking about um, what we're, what we're playing, playing. Um, Lonesome Village, which I really am liking. It's like a little cozy game, farming game. Um, it's like a, it's, it's, it is a farming simulator slash dungeony fighter, like many of the others, right? Um, I really am enjoying it. It is done by, if I am not mistaken, I need to double check and I will double check before I talk more about it. Um, a developer out of Mexico and, um, the only thing that I would love to see, well, that, of course, there's always things. One of the things that I would love to see fixed is uh, is that they should have better localization because um, the translation is is not good. Um, it, and that can uh, kind of, for me, I know why it happens, but I've heard people complaining about it, right? Just in terms of the dialogue and such. Um, and there's typos. There's typo. So and that kind of stuff, you know, as an English teacher, it's just like, oh, come on now. I can understand the translation issues, but typos. Um, so, uh, but I'm really enjoying it. It's a cute little, it's a cute little farming simulator, but it, it kind of puts me on edge. So I can't use it as my bedtime game. Um, and I've also learned that I cannot use either Harvestella or uh, Mario versus Rabbits <laughs> as my bedtime games either, because the first time I um, used Mario versus Rabbit as my bedtime game, I was up till six o'clock. And then I was like, fine, I'm gonna use Harvestella. I was up till 5.30. So um, yeah, that can't happen. <laughs> those, are, those are not good bedtime games. Um, and let's see. Um, Oh, because I got a new, and I'll talk about it. I got a new um, cloud-based um, handheld. I'm showing y'all the the you know hashtag sponsored, right? The the um, the Logitech G Cloud is just for like doing cloud-based services. Um, and because you know, I had to tell people about it. I had to do a lot to try it out. Um, so I've been playing Persona 5 um, on that because I never finished Persona 5 on the PlayStation um, because the PlayStation always made my hands hurt. The controller always made my hands hurt because it was on the PlayStation 4. And it was before I had gotten uh, a more accessible controller, so I never finished it. 
Um, so I'm playing Persona 5 on that. And then, of course, uh, because um, Victoria and I um, did a theory questing where we talked about Cold War history and military shooters because the, the new Call of Duty um, Modern Warfare 2 came out. And of course, it takes place, you know, during the Cold War um, and is a, is a continuation of modern uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare numeral number two instead of Roman numeral two. Uh, it takes three, three takes place three years after that, um, which will also explain what what I'm what I've been reading. Um, uh, so I played the the campaign and been playing some multiplayer of Call of Duty. So. That's what I'm playing. All right. What are we reading? Trey, what you reading? Well, um, I'm on a, a, a leave from teaching this semester, and I find that in any sabbatical-like moment, I actually pay attention to myself. <laughs> like, what, what kind of care do I need? What's going on? You know, uh, last time I was on sabbatical, I went vegan. So, you know, that has still, because uh, I was like, I have time now. I can chop up lettuce and vegetables and prep, you know, so I try to, I try to, you know, self-explore, I think, during the times when I'm not teaching. And so with that in mind, most of my books are like self-help books of some sort. So the two that I'm enjoying right now, it one is called Atomic Habits, which I think has been around for a while. And I always thought atomic habits, I thought atomic meant large, like boom, you know, atomic, uh, you know, whatever. So, but it actually refers to um, atoms, like small habits. So like having habits, like building a series of habits that are very easy to achieve and sort of building them into your life so that if you want later on, you can scale them up. But the idea is to just sort of build that habit and that repetition. So for example, I've always wanted to be a regular meditator and I am not, uh, not consistently at all. But with the idea of starting very, very small, like the smallest unit of time that you can do uh, your habit. So I've started with 60 second uh, meditations, like just 60 second, one minute. And I've been doing that consecutively now for like 37 days because of this book. <laughs> and that's the longest stretch, the longest streak I have of, of doing any anything like that. And so now I have a whole list of habits that it's like, oh, little tiny habits that I could build into my day. And so um, yeah, that's basically the concept of that book, Atomic Habits. But uh, another one is yoga, not every day, but like four times a week and try to pepper it in. Um, fasting, which I'm a big advocate of, but I've also been pretty inconsistent with. So yeah, Atomic Habits is one book I really like breaking things down to this like bite size, you know, achievable goals. And if you are a you know, person who plays games, it also kind of makes sense because they got all these habit trackers. I'm kind of resisting the gamify my life kind of strategy, but if, if achievements or collecting things or, you know, something in that vein, they even have a habit tracker where you have like a virtual cat in a room and every time you do a habit, you like clean up your messy room a little bit and like take care of the cat, you know, it's like simulated all of this caretaking. Um, and so I've been finding that uh, uh, seeing the goals visualized in, a, in an app is also really helpful because when I go to bed, it irritates on me if like some of those habits that are daily habits don't have their little check mark, like my 60 second meditation. So it's, it's, I think it's working to sort of see, can I build these habits that are healthier for me? 
Uh, the real test will be when I'm back at work full time and, you know, everything is life and, and more chaotic. And uh, with my teaching schedule and on campus time, will I be able to keep up with the habit? So that's why I want to try to keep them very, very small so that even on a busy day, I should be able to do them. So Atomic Habits, that's one book that I'm reading. Um, another book is called The Body Keeps the Score, and it is a much more, um, you know, scientific, like it's research supported by a lot of research, very tough chapters, I won't really get into them too much, but like the first half of the book, I'll say, is very difficult to, to listen to in some ways. I mean, there are a lot of triggering um, accounts and, and, and narratives of people, but the second half of the book is more like, if you've been through some things, like how does your body encode the things that you've been through, right? In, in ways that intellectually um, we can't really access. We don't really know. I mean, you might intellectually know I've been through some shit, but your body knows it in a different way and stores that information in a different way. You know, so people talk about the mind-body connection and I've always heard this, but I think this is the first book that like, really clicked that that principle really clicked for me and maybe because the first half was so intense but there's a lot of research and a lot of stuff but the second half is kind of like how do you uh kind of release that from your body release some things or 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 have access to to your body in new ways and so uh if anybody is interested in that book your body keeps the score I would say start reading at a, about chapter 14 and I'm listening to it on audiobook and I read the reviews and people said this and I did not listen. They were like, "Woo, those first 13 chapters, it's tough. Don't read it there. I mean, don't start there if you're at a particular place in your life, right? And you don't necessarily need to go through that. Uh, I didn't listen. So I listened to all that stuff in the beginning. I was like, oh my God. But now chapter 14 on, it's the, he, they really, it's a psychologist, a psychotherapist. He really gives some strategies for how do you um, inhabit your body. And I think as a, as a, well, as a, as a professor, as intellectual, you know, I, I know I have a, a disconnect between body, mind and body. A lot of times the, the mind has a whole agenda that the body doesn't agree with. Like, here, let's sit at this desk for seven hours today and finish this chapter. You know, meanwhile, my neck, my back, all kinds of aspects of my body are like, are you crazy? You can, When you try to get up from this chair, you aren't even going to be able to stand. You know, that like, there has to be a way where my intellectual pursuits in, in academic life are not, um, you know, contradicting, don't contradict the health and the, and the happiness and the well-being and the, and the aging process of my physical, my physical body. So uh, I find that, that stuff like that is really helpful for me and, and definitely his strategies for what are some ways that you can start to listen to embody, but also access and release some of the things that the body has stored, um, I fi I'm finding pretty helpful, powerful even. And I'll just say, well, what is one way in case you ain't got time for all this and you just wanna know, you ain't got time for 14 chapters or whatever. Um, tai Chi and like certain physical activities, not working out like cardio and stuff like you might think, but things that have you doing breathing, um, some kind of very mindful movement, uh, so yoga, Tai Chi, stuff like that, breathing exercises, chanting, all of that, it, it can, it can, it can really help. And I was like, yeah, you know, again, cynical kind of academic. Yeah, right. But I started trying it. Oh, 
wee. Oh my gosh. I was in therapy the, the day after I did like some chanting yoga on Zoom with some people. I was on <laughs> the next day I went to therapy and I was like, what is that? I was like, my mind had to try to understand like, why was that such a powerful, like physical, spiritual, emotional experience? You know, what, what, what is it to that? And my therapist was like, there's some things your mind doesn't need to understand, <laughs> you know, but your body gets it. And if it's working for you physically and in other ways, keep doing it. So uh, that's pretty much what I've been reading along those lines, the, the kind of self-help, self-awareness uh, agenda for the moment. So no fiction or criticism, I think. Not really. I mean, I'm working on regular projects and work and stuff. So I'm reading articles and things about games and, you know, culture and stuff. But I think those are the two things that stand out. Sweet. Okay. What about you, Jordan? What you reading? Um, I think last time we had podcast, I had just started this book, so I didn't say too much about it. Um, I'm about halfway through now, but that book is The Dawn of Yang Chen by FCE, which is the second duology in the Avatar Chronicles series. Um, and I am loving it. It definitely is uh, continuing some of the same uh, elements of the first series where uh, Avatar, the TV show can be enjoyed by people of many different ages, but the books themselves are definitely young adult um, and higher. It's not like gruesome, but it definitely is like, oh, if you get thrown against a rock, there's gonna be consequences. Um, so, for anyone that likes the Avatar universe, I would definitely recommend, uh, but also just as a added note there, like, I don't know if the book's good for um, young children um, who might enjoy the TV show as well. Um, again, nothing like super graphic, but it doesn't have to be graphic or gruesome to be impactful and to be like, oh, dang, that just happened. Um, but yeah, I was a little bit skeptical of this book initially just because uh, Yang Chen as one of the characters, avatars that we do know about, I just wasn't super interested. I was like, oh, where are they gonna take this? Um, but yeah, still love the first duology about Kiyoshi, but at least in terms of the characters, the narrative, like this book immediately drew me in um, and I got to the first half like in two days um put a hold on it because me and my friend have been trying to read the same books and for the first couple of books we were doing a very good job of keeping in line with each other about 50 pages apart uh our schedules for the past like year have not been um aligning so putting a pause on this one but hopefully we'll be done with it soon um because i'm really enjoying it There we go. <laughs> nice. Um, so I have been reading for my fiction is the the second book um, in the series from uh, Amari and the Night Brothers. So the second book came out recently. It is Amari and the Great Game, um, which is, you know, definitely black girl, like literally black girl magic. Um, so if you uh, 
are looking for, uh, and I, I loved the first one and I talked about it a lot when I was reading it. Um, but if you're looking for like a replacement uh, with more diverse characters, less transphobia, less anti-Semitism than Harry Potter, um, definitely check out Amari. Um, and the, the first book was amazing. Um, I'm not finished with the second book, but so far the second book is even better. Um, so definitely uh, a lot of fun. It's got um, a lot of uh, kind of different kinds of magic and magical creatures from different <clears throat> from different cultures. Um, and it's it's been an absolute joy to read. So um, I'm working on the second one, Amari in the in the Great Game, and then I've been reading a lot of um, because we did the the theory questing about uh, Call of Duty and Cold War history. I've been refreshing my memory on Cold War history. Um, so I've been reading lots of articles, um, things here and there, and I was reading um, a book called The Cold War by I don't know how to pronounce his first name but or their first name is Odd Arnie Wested um was the was the cold war book that I that I um that I read most recently anyway but I've been reading lots about the cold war um which is always interesting because like reading um a lot of stuff about the cold war and refreshing my memory um also makes me remember that I have very real and very vivid memories of uh, a lot of stuff that took place um, during the Cold War because I was old enough to remember, right? So the Cold War ended in like, what, 90, 91? But thinking about things that you didn't even think about as being a part of the Cold War, you didn't recognize um, that they were a part of the Cold War when they were happening, because while I was old enough to know what was going on, um, and to think about them like the like the uh, like the hostage crisis in the seventies, right? That lasted for over a year, and we watched it on television like every night, right? Um, watch coverage on television uh, every night, um, and I can remember that vividly because you know I was ten. Um, I was 10. So, uh, it's, it's interesting to, to go back and say, yeah, I, I remember that. Wow. That was a part of, that was a part of like cold war history. Right. And, and those, another one of those things of, of like living through history. So, um, it's, it's been a blast to go back and, and revisit the historical period, but also to, um, go back and to, I went back and replayed, um, the the get the games in the modern warfare um, series just to see uh, depictions of uh, the Cold War in those uh, in those campaigns and also how um, you know Infinity Ward like to blame shift and blame stuff on uh, other folks war crimes and such that the United States committed blame them on other folks to make them the bad guys which is always interesting and then uh Victoria and I sat down and talked about the Cold War and played uh Call of Duty on stream for like three hours um last week and it was an absolute blast so yeah that's what I've been reading um the 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 most important question y'all and Trey, we're going to start with you again. What you drinking? All right. Well, I am drinking a Golden State Cider. 
it is uh, a dry cider and it's also subtitled this is a limited release so i don't know how limited i don't know i just felt like that that marketing called me it got me because i was like ah should i get this i was gonna get some mango like something else and but because it's limited it's radical guava so it is a cider with guava notes in it um it's pretty good i'm not a big dry cider fan i like my ciders to be on the little sweeter side but the guava it really does kind of blend with it well so that it's not as quite as dry and um i like it oh it says it has a it says it has a hint of cayenne i don't taste that at all it definitely isn't spicy I don't know that I've ever had a guava cider. I've had lots of ciders, different berries, different fruits, lots of mango, because I love mango. Never had a guava. I've had passion fruit even, but not guava. I've never had mango. So that's what I was looking for. It was like some mango cider. And I saw this um, and got it. But it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Anytime I see anything with mango, I'm getting it. Mm -hmm. I love Golden Road. I can attest mango cart from Golden Road is very good. I don't like the spicy version and not because it's too spicy. I just don't like the taste, but I do like the regular mango cart. Mm -hmm. I'll have to keep an eye out for that guava though. I didn't know that was a new one. Golden State Cider. You've you've had this brand? Yeah. Okay. See, brand brand new back to LA. I haven't had it. So I'm I'm looking forward to finding out, you know, what some of the local ciders are and stuff. Sweet. All right, Jordan, what you drinking? Um, I am drinking Stone Hazy IPA. I don't know if there's much more to say other than that because it just tastes like IPA, and I recognize that IPAs in general just don't. For some reason, I like them, but I know that they kind of don't taste good, and I don't know why I like them. Um, Jordan's like they're nasty, but I drink them. I don't know. And like, uh, there's a few IPAs that I have actually had that had like pretty strong flavors, usually with like some fruit overtones. In one case, it was like a more dessert chocolate and I could taste like the difference there. But for the most part, all the IPAs taste similar to me. So I couldn't, and I don't know much about IPA. I just drink it occasionally. So yeah, it's an IPA. It tastes like most regular IPAs to me. I like it. If you like IPAs, you might like it. Gotcha. I understand. You like what you like. I don't like IPAs, no matter what. <laughs> and I, I have tried because people are always like, you'll like this one. And then I try it and I'm like, nope, still tastes like an IPA. Um, but I am drinking, what am I drinking? So this is... um. You know how you order from those um, like mailing wine companies and they have like wines and ciders and stuff. So I ordered a case because they had some ciders that looked really good. Now I was like, I'll get a couple of wines, which is not something I usually do from something like that because, you know, six of one half dozen on the other in terms of whether it's not, it's going to be good. So this is a Washington Riesling and it's by Fogland. Um, and apparently when I ordered it, I did not read the description. So I opened it and Jordan and I were, were um, on early and, and I was like, this is not a Riesling um, because it's, it's super dry. It's not sweet at all. 
it doesn't taste anything like a Riesling. Um, and then I read the description. I got to take my glasses off because I don't look through the bifocal part like I'm supposed to. Um, but, you know, I can see why I bought it. You know, it was, you know, it's, it's a Washington State. Um, it's supposed to be sustainably farmed, all this other stuff. But here's the description. Harvested at the same latitude as the famed Bordeaux wine. Uh, as the famed Bordeaux wine region in the rain shadow of the Cascade Mountains, this light-bodied Riesling, not light at all, um, shares characteristics of its old world forebears with some of the new world Washington spirit. Sounds good so far, right? Um, notes of wet stone, lemon, and petrol. Give this wine an air of familiarity while a hint of jasmine lends it a distinctive contemporary edge. This wine is horrible. You had me at the petrol. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> rocks and gasoline. The wine <laughs> tastes like rocks and gasoline. No. And <laughs> so I was like, it's I was like, it's fine. It's the only, it's the only cold white wine I had in the house. Everything else is not refrigerated. And I was like, and I wasn't, didn't want to drink like alcohol, like liquor, liquor. So um, I just mixed it with uh, grapefruit, sparkling water and made it a spritzer and it made it more palatable. <laughs> I've got a question for you. If you had to drink uh, a cup of the IPA or the cup of the wine, which one would you choose? I would drink the IPA. Honest to God, I would drink the IPA. <laughs> rocks and petrol <laughs> and you got the red cup <laughs> i had to put i had it in a wine glass <laughs> i had it in a wine glass and then i was like i need a bigger glass to mix in the sparkling water so i grabbed a red solo cup <laughs> you got them college days circa 1992 Right I there. got no i have red okay i know they're bad for the environment i'm sorry <laughs> but my child goes through 47 glasses a day. She uh -huh. will take a glass and drink something and put the glass in the sink. She will take a glass, drink three sips of water, put it in the sink, come back 20 minutes later and get another glass. So red solo cups and, and water. And then we do reusable water bottles and Yeti cups. And she will still, usually now what she'll do for glasses and stuff is milk, um, is milk and juice and stuff like that. But not really juice because we don't really do juice. Very rarely. Um, we'll buy juice. Uh, we'll buy juice when we when we're um, getting uh, vaccine boosters because that's our treat to stay hydrated. It's like I'll buy you juice. Just drink mm -hmm. everything in sight. Um, but yeah, so it'll be like milk or something like that that she'll pour um, in, instead of water because because I finally got her using her her. Um, it's not a Yeti. It's a what is it? Not Target. What is it? It's the one that starts with a T because they had a Minecraft line. So it's a Minecraft um, tumbler. Mm, I'm not cool enough. I don't know that. But yeah, so that's what I'm drinking. I'm drinking wine that tastes like uh, rocks and uh, gasoline mm -hmm. and grapefruit. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. All right. So that's what we're playing, what we're reading, and what we're drinking. Um, so what we're gonna talk about tonight is which is good. We would have thought it would be a good time to like get back together after a short hiatus. Um, 
and uh, talk about what we've been playing, like what games we've been enjoying, what games we've been playing, what even what games we're looking forward to. Um, because we got some good stuff coming coming up, like Trey mentioned. Did it come out today or does it come out Friday? It might have came out today. Came out of out war, Ragnarok. Um, I think it comes out tomorrow. I don't know. Today's Tuesday. It's usually Tuesday or Friday. Um, and then uh, Pokemon comes out next week. And I am really looking forward to Pokemon. Um, is anybody else playing Pokemon? Say yes. Uh-uh. No? <laughs> oh my God. I'm so excited for Pokemon. I'm so excited for Pokemon. Um Oh, you're right. It comes out tomorrow, Trey. November 9th. And also, this is uh, Forever Wakanda week, so Thursday, Black Panther. I ain't big going week. to no theater, Trey. It's a big week. Oh, Sam, I- wear your N95s. Come on. Where I ain't two? going to no theater, Trey. Wear two N95s and a surgical mask. You'll be fine. I ain't going to no theater, Trey. <laughs> I'm going. I'm going. Especially in no crowded theater. Especially around here where don't nobody else wear a mask. Go in the daytime where everybody's at work and school. Go to that matinee. It's just you and the old people. They wear masks. I mean, not around here. They don't. <laughs> Some of them do. Some of them do. Anyway, so what have we been playing, y'all? Let's talk about what we've been playing. Like I said, I've been. I, I talked already about Call of Duty. I'll talk about other stuff too, but I want somebody else to go. Trey, what about you? What have you been playing? What you've been enjoying? What's been meaningful? Well, the big thing, listen, the big thing I've been playing that I've actually enjoyed. And so I just did this massive move across the country. And, you know, I had a lot of fatigue just in general. And I really, and, and my, my consoles, more importantly than the move and the fatigue, you know, all my systems are boxed up and, you know, take a while and get them set up and stuff. Like, I never look forward to that. Of course, you have, like, massive updates to do. And, you know, I, I had never even opened my PlayStation 5 after all that trauma of trying to get one. I finally got one. I was moving, so I never set it up. So I got here, set it up. I did PlayStation Premium. I think it is. They, I, I realized one of the first things I realized is they changed their um, online structure so that you I had PlayStation Plus. That was good enough. And then I, I log in and there's whole new tiers of PlayStation online. So somehow I, I, I let it con me into upgrading to the top tier because <laughs> I'm a sucker. <laughs> so it conned me into it. But then you have this whole, all these games that you can just download, you know, like games I have not played yet. You know, God of War, whatever PlayStation's greatest hits are, I think. You had all of that stuff. You even had Ghost of, Sh- Ghost of Tsushima. You had stuff like really good titles. Get Death Stranding, which I never played. Games I actually own in physical copy. And <laughs> it was like, but now I can get them on PlayStation Premium. Why not? You know, so to keep in keeping with duplicate games, I I started downloading all this stuff. And one of the games I downloaded, re-downloaded, and then was kind of rebuying somehow. I'm gonna I'm gonna get into the math, the mathematics of this. But I rebought Grand Theft Auto V after having it on I'm pretty I know I had it on PlayStation 4. And I might have even had it on Xbox, whatever that was before the X1, right? So I already had GTA, played it a long time ago. I never was an online GTA player. I really would only download it again or buy it again to play the the single player uh, mode. But I find GTA online toxic and chaotic and just 
not for me necessarily. Uh, but what got me back into the game that I've actually been enjoying is playing online. And how they got me, I mean, again, I don't really know. I, I, okay, here's what happened is I started the story mode and I realized I really don't like these characters. Like I like the game sort of, but I don't, I hate Trevor. Every time he's in the, he shows up in the game and I have to play him, I just feel like he's a sociopath. I do not find his character amusing. I didn't find, I don't find it enjoyable. I really feel gross playing as him. And the only character I kind of like in the whole, you know, that of the three characters you play is, is uh, Franklin. And I remember one of my frustrations in the story mode was that Franklin can never be as wealthy as Michael. There is an uh, economic uh, barrier to his success because yep. Michael starts out with more money. He has access to, to property in the game that generates more better revenue. And even when you scam the stock market and all of that, like... You really can't go the limit with Franklin and you also can't just own the businesses that Michael could own or Trevor could own. Like I can't just once the story mode is done or just only even without completing the uh, story, just play as Franklin and enjoy the world as Franklin. So then I was like, well, what I really want is I want every game to be The Sims. I think that this is my deep, my bias in games is that I want a life simulator in all different contexts. Like, I don't care what's going on. It could be a military shooter, which I don't like to play. But if you tell me it was a military shooter, but I could own a house, I could have some children, <laughs> I could like own a business. And meanwhile, there's war and stuff and I could either participate or not. You know, I would play that game. And so I think in GTA, I've realized... I do want my own character in this world and I don't want to play these characters who I don't really like that much anymore. Oh, I never liked, you know, some of them. I just want my own character. So then I got, I was like, okay, let me try online and make a character. Man, GTA online has come a long way since whenever that game came out. That game has been out for like 10 years or 11 years or something, hasn't it? It's been out um, for three generations of consoles. <laughs> it's been out a long time. Yeah. It's been out for three generations. Yeah. Okay, so from what I remember, it's, well, it is still kind of this. There were like 11-year-olds or maybe 10-year-olds or 9-year-olds yelling at me just randomly, you know, 10 years ago in GTA Online. Like, anything I did, there would, someone would come and blow me up and I would hear a kid laughing. Like, that was kind of the 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 formula for being online in GTA for me. And I love driving games. So I love the radio. I love driving. Again, I kind of just want to own my own, have my own life in this world. And I sort of figured out ways to do it. So now, I mean, so much has gone on, right? So there are, are super capitalists in GTA Online. I mean, these are players that have millions and millions and millions of dollars. And currency is an interesting topic in it because <clears throat> it is hard to make money. There are lots of ways to make money, but it takes a lot of time. And these people have been playing for over a decade. So they have made a shit ton of money. And meanwhile, everything you know that you can purchase is designed with that in mind right the price point for a, a nice car might be four million dollars you yeah. know and if you do a high not, not a heist because i haven't even gotten to the heist yet because people won't really play with me like that but uh if you do a job or something small you know in the in the game you might get ten thousand you might get six thousand but the thing that you want is four million dollars right so so how does that work in terms of actual time that you have to put into this game 
So it wasn't too long, guys, before I was buying this currency. I mean, this, this, we already could have predicted this. This has happened to me in the past. I buy Trey. virtual currency. I buy virtual currency in NBA 2K. I love that game, but I'll be damned if I'm going to sit there and level up my 60 overall character in real time. I mean, come on. I have a job. I have a life. I have other other interests, you know, so I ain't have I don't have no I have disposable income. I'm a grown ass person, so I have disposable <laughs> income, and I don't have ten. I don't have a decade to play this game to to be able to buy you know an apartment because is that too much to ask for an apartment in the city? You know, overlooking the beach. Like, come on, this is my game. I I want to live in GTA. I want to live in San Andreas, and you know, have my own objectives. Like that's what I find attractive about simulation games is I just want my own objectives, you know, um, open world simulation style games. I'm I'm coming up with the, the with the with the joy. I'm coming up with the things to do. So now in GTA Online, there's a career builder. So you can pay for the low, low price of, I think it was $19. What, again, I already own the damn game and the online mode <laughs> comes with it. If you buy the PlayStation 5 online mode for $20, $19.99, I think it starts you off with like four minutes. You start off with some money. I don't remember how much it was. And then you're in a career builder. So you get to choose these paths. Let me tell you the paths, guys. I know you don't want to play this, Sam. I've been trying to get you to play this, Jordan, anytime you want to come I on, have played play GTA with... Online. I but played. In the last decade, when did you play? Yeah, I was. I, I spent some time playing GTA Online like last year. Mm. Come back, Sam. No. I need we, people that I know to play with me. I'm on Xbox, Trey. Oh, my God. I can't buy it again. I can't. <laughs> I already oh, I own it so many times. So, uh, but in the career builder, you can, pl you can play as a, a biker or you can own a biker business, executive, gun runner. I got owner. businesses. I got cars. I got an apartment. Trey, I'm not giving all that up to start over. No, you don't have to start. Well, yeah, because you can't cross. There's no cross platform, I think. I think you can only play on the same uh, if if you well are you know why that's because play that's because Sony sucks and they don't want to play with other people. It, it's Rockstar. I think this is Rockstar. That's Sony. Sony does that with everything. No, I don't think on Xbox you can't play with the PC crowd. I think it's it's platform limited. I'm about you to know, look because usually to on Xbox you can play everything with PC. Jordan, are you looking this up? I see. I see your head going. Back. I don't know. I don't know if you can. <laughs> Me, I'm, uh, I'm not buying I'm this look. game again, guys. I'm not. I bought this game a lot. So, because in addition, I also bought the virtual. So, I bought the career builder, but that wasn't enough money. It starts you out with one business and one apartment and then one little car. And so, and then even though you can steal supercars in the game, you can't own them. You can't bring them to your garage because the game wants you to buy them. Oh, what kind of crack? What kind of. What is that? The whole point is to still get cars. You If the car exists, you should be able to steal it. And put it in your garage and refurbish it and drive the damn thing. But you can't. So all the nice cars, the, the not slow cars, the cars that have armor and stuff, you know. Anyway, I put, I spent a cool $200, I'm sure, on this character. Um, and I was enjoying it. And whenever people just come up to me and kill me a little too much, you know, I'm on a mission. I'm grinding for my little 10,000 after I put in real money to buy the stuff. And then I'm like, okay, fine. I'm going to try to level up now, you know, in a, in a, in a sensible way. 
and then you're in the middle of something, stealing some shit, and someone comes and blows you up, you know, and yep. lose all the shit that you stole, and you see it explode, and you're dead. So whenever that gets to me, I just turn it to um, private server. You know, I just take it, take it off the public server, and I just play it, which is kind of boring. The one thing I will say, the other thing I'll say about it is I kind of like the chaos of the public server in a way in a way because it does make the world feel well quote more alive than when i'm on a private server and it's just the ai care you know it's just the the npcs kind of walking around it's the it's because randomly you'll just look up and there are fighter planes just shooting at you don't know what's happening and i duck into a building i run and hide because randomly crazy stuff will just start happening in you know on the public servers and and it is, if it hits me about 30% of the time, I'm okay with it, uh, but it does get annoying. And yes, you will hear the, the young kids uh, just laughing, or I'll do some missions that involve other people, just random strangers. And I'm impressed at how built out all that is, like all the little versus, you know, games and contests you can have, the heist, which again, I haven't done yet because I'm not uh, I'm not leveled up enough to really be taken seriously, I think, in some of the highest. Um, and, you know, those are kind of fun, but you get these perverse moments where we were all doing something together. We were shooting, we were trying to rob stuff, get the stuff from this other gang. And then we finished the mission. I I'm also bad at it, like, because people have been playing a career GTA online players. So one guy will go in and just kill everybody. He will, like, shoot 50 people, and I'm hiding behind a trash can and maybe have one shot, one headshot from behind the trash can and the mission's over and the one person shot 50 people. And then we all go back to, cause it says go to so-and-so's house to kind of claim your money. And I guess one of the things to do is you get to that point, but then one of the players will not go to the house. So they won't close out the mission. And I'm like, I need my little 10,000, what's happening? And there'll be a player that'll just sit in a parked car kind of screwing everybody over and you've put, you know, this time into the mission and then they won't finish it. So stuff like that, you know, well, is annoying. See? And you can't kill them because there's no friendly fire. So you're shooting at the person, you know, who's holding everybody up. And Come you play can't. Call everybody, of Duty, Trey. Everybody's annoyed throwing grenades at them and they're just sitting in the car. <laughs> and you're like, I just wasted 45 minutes of my actual life here. So that is all... <laughs> annoying and stressful but what's great about it is living my life pretending and role-playing something totally different than what's happening you know and so I every you know, to kind of unwind sometimes I'll, and I, the radio stations are still great so you know and I realized I could play Spotify through the system so once I realized that I was like I could play my Spotify playlist while I'm driving around so I'm driving around in these really expensive cars that I pay real money for and you know, go watch the sunset on the beach because I live too far to go watch the sunset from the actual beach in LA. I'll be damned if I'm going to sit in traffic and go over there uh, <laughs> most days of the week. But I'm on the beach, you know, in my nice car listening to Potterfly. Like that, I know that kind of works. So as far as a game that I've been enjoying, I would say I actually have been enjoying for the most part. The grind is annoying, though. You really cannot just straight up play that game to make enough money to build your character and do the stuff that you want not, not without spending a decade 
you know, doing it. And so if you're brand new to online in 2022, God help you like me, you know, what, what are you really going to do? So yeah, that's, that's, that's my GTA online story. Complete your call of duty, Trey. I'm just uh, I hate shooters. First person. No, <laughs> see GTA is nice and conveniently third person. Mm. They have third person mode in um call of duty now. But does it work well or is mm-hmm. it like no it's uh, good what is like skyrim or something in third Mm-mm. person where it's really it's not. really good hmm. okay maybe i don't know that's a maybe she ain't gonna do it if you come to if you well we have to get on the same server somehow in gta online and if that's the case that we can't be on the same server on these two systems you're invested be. in your character i'm invested in my character so we gotta play call of duty i don't know Fine. Oh no, Jordan. What you playing? <laughs> um, I definitely want to talk about the two new games, but I want to touch on For the King because Trey, you're talking about like role playing in this game, and the For the King game is super interesting for the people that I play with because it's one of the roguelike um, tabletop type of games. It's kind of like D&D, but on a board game. Um, and you can unlock more as you play the game. But once you um, finish the game, whether you win or you all uh, die, then you restart with these new unlocked achievements. Um, but the reason I bring this one up is because I noticed the people that I play with uh, are people that I also play D&D with. But even before we started this D&D group with, um, every time we start a new game, which is often because that game is hard. <laughs> um, we always decide on like a theme for our characters and how we're going to play. And it wasn't until recently that I realized that half the game for us is not playing the game, but playing the game as our characters. Mm. Um, so recently we all got on just for Halloween and we're like, okay, we're going to play Halloween. So we decided to do like a, a horror run um and we try to like tailor our characters and our stats towards that um so i was playing like friday the 13th someone was playing the wicked witch someone was playing the final girl that round did not go well we all died super fast um but that was a lot of fun and then i think before that we decided to play just uh because there's also different types of modes. So there's one that's all land, there's one that's all winter, there's one that's mostly sea. So we did the sea one and we all decided to play as pirates and we were in agreement that like, okay, every time we get uh, like some sort of money or some sort of uh, uh, weapon or whatever uh, achievement we get through finishing the dungeons, we're all going to roll for it. And then like actual pirates are going to fight over it. Um, and again, we were all in agreement with this. This wasn't just like, oh, we're going to play it this way. We were all super into it. Um, so yeah, for the king, I realized that we just really get into our characters. Uh, we love the game itself. Um, but I think half the fun for us is just playing the game as this group that we've decided to play as. Um, and I also bring that one up because Sam, you mentioned games that are upcoming and I don't think I have a ton of games in this last quarter that I'm super looking forward to. A lot of my favorite games or games that I was super excited about were earlier this year, but for early next year, 
for the king two comes out and i am so well i can't even say i our group is so excited for it um it's expanding it from three people to four people um they're adding a bunch of stuff and yeah we love the original so i am so excited about for the king two i was just looking at that it's on super sale on steam right now it's like 70 percent off yeah it goes on sale a lot recently um we all play on playstation and it goes on sale quite often there too um i don't know if it's cross-platform because we've all just played on playstation i don't think it is but um yeah not sure about that one yeah i don't see that it says it is that's interesting i might look into this I right, look at this. It's funny because Trey and I always say we want to play games together, but Trey and I play totally different kinds of games because Trey wants everything to be The Sims. And I love The Sims, but most of the games that are like online version of The Sims, I won't play. Or I, I already played. Yeah. Or I already played. I don't want it to literally be The Sims, but I want it to allow me to do the things that I could do in The Sims mm-hmm. and also be something else like Carjack. Come play Final and- Fantasy 14, Trey. Can I have a house and have yes. children? Can you have children? No. I can have a house, can I have a business? I mean, yeah, technically, because you just you can have crafters and gatherers and sell stuff on the market. Come play 14. See, Jordan knows. Jordan plays 14. Jordan does, yeah. I'm always afraid of, of MMOs. <laughs> Trey, come play. Just try it with me. Yeah. That's a maybe. That's a strong maybe. Y'all know she ain't gonna do it. Y'all know she ain't gonna do it. But anyway, so I'm gonna tell you what I've been playing. Other than Call of Duty. Um, I've been playing um so the other thing I've been putting a lot of time in is I'm gonna say Harvestella. So it's the it's the the Square Enix um game came out last week. Uh and it I was I was skeptical. I was tentative because not only because, you know, Square Enix didn't got me the last couple of times with their games that, you know, I purchased and then either didn't play or didn't want to play, was mad at or whatever. Um, but also because people kept describing it to me as being like Rune Factory. And I had never played a Rune Factory game until um room factory five came out so i decided to try room factory five and i didn't like it i mean okay i don't know if i didn't like it i wasn't into it it didn't it didn't catch me like my farming simulators usually do like the heart like the story of seasons do like stardew valley like wildflowers like all of those that have me like up all night playing um so with room factory five i was just like i played it and i was like nah, i'll come back to it one day maybe if i'm bored um so when people were saying harvestella it's like it's like the, they were like the gameplay is like room factory i'm like one you don't know for sure because nobody's played it but they're like it looks like room factory and i'm like then i don't want to play that really um but like i said i played the demo and the demo was totally different 
Um, and like things that were problematic, like the days going too fast to get the things done that you needed to get done. Um, they, they kind of fixed early on. So that was much better, but it's, it's a lot of fun. It's like part farming simulator, part dungeon crawler. And it's a very real square Enix kind of dungeon crawler. Right. So, um, you know, you go around and you fight monsters and you collect materials and then you can come home and grow things and cook and craft and sell things to people that live in the city, you build relationships with people. Um, a lot of people were upset because I don't think there's a, they're romantic relationships, but you can build just kind of friendships. And I'm like, I'm okay with not being able to build romantic relationships because hell, I played Stardew Valley I don't know. I probably had several hundred hours in Stardew Valley before, <laughs> before I even um, went and like started to like romance somebody in the game. Cause that's just not my jam. Um, I don't care about that kind of stuff in a game. Um, especially if, you know, if I'm playing for the, the farming simulator slash dungeon crawler part, you put too many things in a game and I get distracted and I don't do any of them well. So I never, <laughs> I never, um, you know, really started the uh, the uh, pursuing romantic relationships in the game until I learned that if you got married, your spouse would help you on the farm. And then I was like, oh, extra labor. Let's get married. <laughs> I'm horrible. I'm horrible. But that's, you know, that's what got me into it in, uh, in Stardew Valley. But so Harvestella has been a lot of fun. And I, I figured I was like, it'll be my it'll be my bedtime game. It'll be, my, yes, ma'am. Cat, free cat. It'll be my bedtime game. It'll be my, it'll be my bedtime game. And, uh, and I'll play before I go to bed. And then I was like, and then I was like, and it'll be fine. Cause once my battery uh, gets low, I'll just turn it off and go to sleep. So, except I didn't do that. I plugged it in when my battery got low and I ended up staying up till almost six o'clock in the morning playing Harvestella. Um, so, but I'm really enjoying it because the story is interesting. Um, the the fighting, the fighting is good. Um, and I love the farming and you can like farm and um, it's, it's, I think it's a pretty game too. It's pretty, it's a pretty game too. And I love the characters. Um, so yeah, Harvestella, I'm really enjoying. I'm really enjoying. Hello, cat. Um. <laughs> All right. What else y'all playing? Trey, what else you playing other than GTA? Well, I started playing Spirit Fair um a few weeks ago, about a month ago maybe. And for, and I was playing it on the Switch and it's definitely one of those games where I see why you like it, Sam, <laughs> you know, like you got your farming, you have your cooking, your crafting, you have all of that. Yep. It's not the Sims, but uh, actually, <laughs> I, I also just like resource management games. Like, I, I like that, too. So I think a lot of Spirit Fair I like. I love the art style. Um, and I, I'm interested in the themes. I mean, I, I probably mentioned this to you, Sam, but my grandmother's in hospice. And so it's been kind of a tough season in terms of life and death. Um, but I'm pretty close to my grandmother. And so I, while I've been visiting her, well, not this last time, but when she was in the convalescent home, before she went to hospice, hospice I was playing Spirit Fair while I was hanging out with her because she 
would kind of wake up and talk to me a little and then mostly she was just sleeping and so I'm sitting there and I brought my switch and I was like I mean I know this is a game about death it's about grieving and it has an interesting take on it you know I I I sort of thought maybe playing it in this context will be, you know, intellectually, emotionally kind of interesting, bringing the personal and the, I don't know, the professional together in some interesting way. And at the beginning, I think it was doing that. Like what I was sort of picking up from Spirit Fair was that you have these really beautiful relationships that you're building on your ship, you know, because you're finding all these people or these, and you're, and you're building relationships with them. You're getting to know them and they're all really interesting characters. And especially, uh, I think her name is Gwen, the deer. I don't know if her name is Gwen. Um, well, yeah, I I think that's what her name is. I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Or is it Rose? No, Rose is someone else. So she, she's the first one I think that you find. And she's also the first one that I sort of took to the Everdoor, you know, and I felt, I think, I mean, there was grief there. There was a little loss. It was like bittersweet. It was tough to see that, that character go. And then I realized, oh, I'm supposed to do this with all of the characters on this boat who I've been collecting. And then I was like, well, I don't think I'm ready to say goodbye to them. I felt like she was the one, if I had been thinking about it, I would have been like, we're going to hold off on her, her. Like, she's not going yet. Like, let's send some of these other characters who I'm not as attached to and hadn't known as long. And plus your character, Stella, has more of a backstory. She has a backstory with a lot of the people, like a lot of the characters on the boat I'm getting to know. But with Gwen in particular, she has, you know, longevity with, like she has a longer term relationship with. So if I had been thinking about it or strategic, I would have said she's going to stick around with me and I'm only going to take some of these other people. But her storyline kind of propels you to do it early, you know, that like, you know, something happens and like I had to go find her. And so I felt the, um, the game was pressuring me to take her, you know, and so, and I didn't, I didn't sit with that pressure, that discomfort long enough. Mm -hmm. And, and now I refuse to take it. So I'm stalled in the game because I sort of refuse to take anybody else to the Everdoor. (laughs) I also can't advance in certain, because you can't upgrade your boat without these, whatever their flowers are, the spirit flowers or something that you get when you take them to the Everdoor. But you won't so, take them to the Everdoor. And I have to be kind of calculated about it. Like, who can I afford to lose? So I could get this flower so that I could break through ice because, or they get the ice breaker or the fog breaker or whatever. My boat is limited. So it's kind of an interesting metaphor of like, I cannot progress while holding on, you know, to 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 the past or to these 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 spirits that where it's really their time to go you know so i stopped playing the game once i got because i thought in the beginning oh it would be kind of interesting to play this like my grandmother's in her 80s like intellectually i mean i know the score i know the deal but playing that game i couldn't play it the last time i visited my grandmother i was like oh it's too much like i started to realize what I was doing and how emotionally I think I'm impacted playing the story of Spirit Fair when I hadn't really realized that I was. I was a little more cynical about it, but I was like, oh yeah, no, I can't play this game right now while I'm visiting my grandmother. Like, that's not going to work. So I started playing Tacoma while I was visiting her this last time. 
Um, and the one thing I will say about Spirit Fair that's also stood out to me is that, you know, caretaking is a labor, you know, and I think because I'm, I'm, I'm playing it, you know, in my grandmother's condition right now, and I'm not doing a lot of the caretaking because I still sort of live a little too far for that, but I'm seeing my mother do it and, you know, my aunts and other folks and in the, in the game, the one thing I, you know, I'm not a natural caretaker. Let's just be honest. Like, I feel like <laughs> that's some aspect of the game that I feel is also getting under my skin a little bit. Like, mm -hmm. cause you have to cook for them. And I hate cooking in real life and in simulated life. I just, listen, I just do not enjoy cooking. So, but these characters on the boat are always asking me for food. And I'm like running around and trying to, you know, do the busy work of resource management. And meanwhile, someone will be like, oh, I'm dying of hunger. Can you help me? <laughs> Where's my meal today? And I'm like, what you, what you guys, can't you go cook too? I mean, we have a whole boat full of people. I got to do everything and nobody yep. else on the boat. I'm like, can't we just assign you to be the chef? Because I really don't like cooking. And I see you're fine. Why can't you go cook your own Popeyes or whatever you like to eat? And then they all have particular diets. Mm -hmm. So I think another thing that was sort of, you know, became aware to me was like, I don't really like this aspect of caretaking, you know, that it, that, that I, I'm okay with the nurturing and the talking and other ways. Oh, and you want to go visit your childhood home or you want to go here and go find so-and-so. But you want popcorn. That. I'm not doing all that. And then I give you a meal and you also say, I don't like that. Oh, I can't eat that. <laughs> like, wait, you just told me you were dying of hunger. And then the characters are like, no, no, I can't eat that. Don't give me that food. You know, I, I, that's too exotic for me. I'm like, you know what? I've been fishing and finding stuff and you don't even want to eat. So, uh, so the, the caretaking mechanic, you know, mechanics that you, you have to do because you have to also get the ingredients and stuff. And sometimes I have to go out of my way of like, oh, so-and-so's not happy because I have been feeding her the right stuff. And so now I got to go out of my way to go find the right, you know, ingredients to make the meal. So, yeah, I, I realized that part of it, too, that there's a labor, certainly, obviously, involved in the caretaking. And I think the game is a little bit too good at uh, at, <laughs> at doing that, you know. So, and then, go ahead. And then me realizing my own limits as a caretaker, like here, here's here's the truth of it, you know, is like I can't be in the kitchen all day, like cooking for everybody. Like that just not gonna none of us are gonna survive, you know, this journey together. So yeah. I guess I'm because I'm used to doing that, right? Because you know, my kid is always like, I'm hungry. Um, and is also very picky. And it's it's interesting because there's a there's a similar mechanic with cooking and feeding your party in Harvestella. Um, that doesn't open up until like the third chapter of the game. When you start taking large parties out into dungeons, you can stop at like one of the save points, checkpoints and eat a meal together. Mm. And that's also where you kind of, it, when in that moment where you're eating the meal together, you build a relationship, um, you get extra health and stamina from eating together, but you also get to learn more about their backstory because you have a conversation in that moment. But you also get to learn more about what foods they do and don't like. So they may be like, eh, I don't like this kind of thing. You're like, yo, it took me three days to grow to grow those carrots and lettuce. You better eat that. Um, yeah. 
mm-hmm. <laughs> those kinds of things. Um, and and so you get to learn more about what they like in terms of food and the the more they like whatever it is that you're feeding them at that checkpoint, um, the the better stats you get from it, right? So it yeah. affects your gameplay. Um, not only it's not like they just say, I don't like that, don't eat it and leave you alone, but it affects it affects your gameplay um when you do that. And that's kind of infuriating because that's been one of the things that was the biggest thing for me during the pandemic is the fact that we were home all the time. And I was feeling like a short order cook mm-hmm. because I was cooking three meals a day. Yeah. Um, and I had to finally say, just because we're home, because, you know, usually when we're home, like during the on the weekend or whatever, um, I would cook like all our meals. Right. And but like during the week, it would be like we might have like lunch on campus or um, like breakfast would, was whatever we grabbed on the way out the door. Um, and then we would cook dinner, but being at home all the time for the first you know year of the pandemic, it was like I was cooking three meals a day. And it, I had to get to the point that I was okay with saying, you know what, I'm gonna order something because I don't feel like cooking three right. meals a day and you know working full time and you know working to just keep us alive during the pandemic. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, and and so that's always a, a an interesting thing when you start thinking about things like cooking and resource management and all that other stuff in games. It's like how it lines up with how you do those things in real life as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think it's a nice, you know, uh, self-reflective tool in that sense. And I feel like that's what, you know, intentionally the game is trying to do. It's really trying to get you to uh process you know things like grief and death and caretaking and it does it in such a charming um such a charming and relaxing way at times uh but i find but i know that that part of it like the cooking is not at all relaxing to me not in the game not not in real life and not in a game and then definitely having these picky eaters because it's like I will eat anything practically you put it in front of me and I didn't have to make it you know I'm I'm good I, I will I will ask no questions um but you know it really stands out that that quirk of the personalities and I really really wish I could just assign people because I have this boat full of people and it's like okay why can't you garden you know you you harvest and you cook and you go do some some sewing I mean what are we doing here really it's a resource management system not how well do you delegate I want to manage the team (laughs) as I'm like you go and do y'all just I don't even know what they're doing on the boat to be honest they're living in these beautiful uh sleeping quarters and I'm building for them you know on the limited resources because I won't send anybody to the Ecuador so I don't even have the supplies that we really need to you know they all want nice houses on this boat. I do love designing uh, and redesigning the layout of the boat, like moving the houses and putting them in the optimal locations. And so that, that's really fun. Uh, but that's very, you know, um, that's building like the, you know, that's sort of the building mechanics that, you know, you have in games like The Sims. Uh, so we don't know, organize things spatially. So I do enjoy that. But I'm have, but I'm stuck in the game now because I have a long list of of missions that people want me to go do this and that and the other for them 
and I can't break through certain parts of the map because I will let the people have their peace. Let they really let them have their peace, Trey. Let them pass over. Door. I know. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to let them go. But then it's so sad because like Gwen's uh cabin is empty now, you know, and, and she was the first person that we had on the boat. And I kind of liked her. She's kind of a badass. She, she's always smoking a cigarette and she was sarcastic. And I was like, I like her, you know, and, and now she's gone and I'm like going to sit in her room. And apparently certain mini games, only certain characters can trigger. But if you go back to the house of that person and they're gone, it'll still trigger the minigame. So then there's all this like memory and loss and stuff that's all layered on top of that, you know, of even triggering the minigame. So it's kind of a lot. So I think also just the time that I'm going through, I thought I could play this game and process it, but then I'm actually like, nah, maybe I'm not ready. I can't really. So I uh, understand. It's, it's, it's stalled. I'm stalled in my progression of the game, but I really do appreciate mm-hmm. it, you know, and I think it's, it's extremely well done and like, mm-hmm very very enjoyable it's extremely well done we we um talked to the folks at um was it thunderful when um that game first came out because i had met with them uh before the game came out at one of the i think it was probably at pax it was either pax or e3 um and uh i sat and talked with them for a, a long time about like how they there was the the narrative designer about how they had uh, kind of designed the game and the gameplay um, and I was I was intrigued because um, when my grandmother passed, I was playing. I started playing um, to the moon hmm. uh, when it first came out, like on Steam back in the day. Um, and that was also about grieving and passing over and memory um, and just kind of being able to. And so when you're when you're talking about how difficult it is to like take people to the Everdoor um, to the 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 actual process of, of letting go even in the game, because it was a game about, about death. Right. Mm. Um, was super, super difficult. Um, because like I said, I started playing the game because, um, my grandmother had passed and then my father passed, um, (laughs) which, you know, was another very complicated, was a complicated relationship to say the very least. Right. Right. And, and having to work through, two deaths that I felt totally different about Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. in that moment. So um, Trey, it it was, it's, it's, it's wild because our situations are so parallel. Yeah. I'm living your life. Yeah. I'm living your life. My, my father just passed last month, complicated relationship, complicated set of emotions. Yep. And unlike that, uh, unlike that, I don't have any complicated emotions around my grandmother. You know, my mother does, but she's not my mother. She's my grandmother, (laughs) you know, and, and I'm the oldest grandchild. So I've always had a good relationship. You know, she calls me favorite, favorite grandchild. (laughs) She's probably not supposed to say that, but I was the first (laughs) and oldest. I feel like she can say that. Um, you know, she's extremely proud of me and everything. And she accepts my, you know, uh, that I'm queer. And it's very, very, she's a very like, 
church going Christian all her life same kind of grandmother <laughs> yep and she'll ask me how my woman is doing she'll be like <laughs> I go to the convalescent home she's like how's your woman doing you know she like it here and I'm like that's her you know that's where she is like she's at that's that's the level that she's at and it's beautiful to me that you know she was able to accept that mm-hmm. uh so I don't have complicated relationships about, about my grandmother yeah but I think you know still be, be that my father just past as well like all that stuff is layered and Mm -hmm. uh there is an aspect of gaming that you know is super therapeutic I mean I've heard you guys talk about cozy games a lot of people will talk about like what does this is a topic I'm really interested in is what do the repetitions of games do for people and I think certain kinds of repetitions do different things Mm -hmm. um and then there's some that are quote, quote cozy and relaxing and therapeutic even and I think for me, The Sims will always be that title. Like if I can hop to, hop on The Sims and play it. The thing is, I don't play Sim, The Sims on the go because I really just like to play on a PC that can run all the shit that The Sims comes with these days. Mm-hmm. You know, so I can't play it on the go. But if I if I'm really in a in a in a in a funk or something, and I know I just need something cathartic, and I can't read or I don't want to watch a movie or something. I will usually just go to The Sims because I think that certain types of repetitions work for me and kind of click and are very, very soothing. And so I'm really interested in how these games that are also literally about death uh, build certain like repetitive actions into the story um, to to try to be that, I don't know, that kind of soothing sort of therapeutic type of repetition that you just need to keep doing. Mm -hmm. And it's not like numbing at least it isn't for me it you know I feel like and acknowledge like yeah you know um I'm trying to find it I wrote about that uh Trey when I when my my playthrough of to the moon I just looked up to the moon I'm I'm about to put it in my steam cart (laughs) like it's it's on everything now Trey you can play it on switch even oh that's a toss-up I don't know. That's a tough call. Which one is it, is it better on? Which is it cheaper on? That's gonna probably probably Steam, because nothing's cheap on the Switch. No. Well, I mean, the Switch has been having good sales lately. I put it right there in chat, right? That was back. Oh God, that doesn't feel like it's been that long. That was nine years ago, Trey. Wow. See, I asked you for a, a a particular episode or post on something. You were like, I don't know. I wrote too much. I said too much. I'm like, Sam, well, that's because we were talking about it. Trey. And, then, <laughs> and then boom, just like that, you found to the moon. I was asking about your Tacoma episode. I was like, oh, I'm playing Tacoma. Can you uh, hit me well, up? The, What's the interview? Hit me up with the information. You're like, I've done too much. I don't well, know. If we talk <laughs> about it and it and it sparks that memory for me, then I can then I can remember. But then I can remember that's different okay oh yeah it's it's cheaper on steam to the moon but it is only two dollars more on the switch so it's 9.99 i think on the steam and it's 11.99 what who makes something 11.99 nintendo you know is it on sale it's not on sale but it's 11.99 on the switch and it's 9.99 on steam so that's a toss-up um I think I'll probably get it on Steam only because I'm trying to use my Steam Deck more to see how I like it. Mm-hmm. And it's two dollars cheaper, so. And some things are not configured. It'll give you a warning. It'll say, 
this is not configured for the Steam Deck. We don't know how this is going to work. And it scares the shit out of me. And I'm like, okay, I, I want to buy I want to buy it anyway for the Steam Deck. Like, damn it, I just bought this thing. I want to use it. I don't want to sit at my computer playing Everything, Je- I have not found anything yet that won't run on the Steam Deck. Do you use a controller? What controller do you use? I'm going to show you mine. I just use the I just use the uh, Steam Deck for the most part, just the the built-in controllers. But you can uh, connect your Xbox controller or your PlayStation controller. I think I have an actual Steam controller. I have one somewhere. I don't know where it is. It's I, I it you know it, it takes some getting used to because it has these track pads that are touch pads mm-hmm. uh, right there. It works because it is designed to be played on a computer. Like when I got it, it was just to use, uh, it was to use the original Steam machine when they mm-hmm. had that. You guys remember the Steam machine? Mm-hmm. Um, and now it syncs well with this. And so I'm using it because I prefer to play my my systems docked because I can't, you know, I like the bigger screens. So if I'm home, I'm not going to sit and play the Steam, um, play Steam games in handhold mode. I'd rather play them on a, on a, bigger screen bigger monitor i don't play the steam deck in bed anymore though unless i'm sitting up see because i always fall asleep doing stuff and i dropped that steam deck on my face one time you get a bloody nose (laughs) that thing weighed 47 pounds and i dropped it on my face one time and i was like nope i'm not playing this in bed no more yeah i don't know how you do it i can't i i i get all kinds of cr- like cramps in my neck like i how do you play in bed i'm like oh i can't i cannot for the life of me playing bed i got an old person's back i mean and i even have one of those beds that has the uh adjustable you know adjustable head you can you can move it up into a sitting mm-hmm. position but that's not actually terribly comfortable to be in for very long and especially if you fall asleep you're like all sitting up and just like it's falling asleep <laughs> but uh most recently i got a recliner so these are all hacks for for older bodies uh <laughs> when you've been sitting for too much i got a recliner and that's actually really comfortable to play games in so rocker recliner because i could be in different positions and i could recline all the way back for some reason it's better than the bed recline all the way back and drop that steam deck on your face i'm just saying well i don't play it in i don't i don't hold it i play docked and then it's just a controller and i'm looking up at the tv so i get it i get it all right jordan what about you will you be playing anything else you want to talk about um, yeah, I'll talk about Strange Horticulture since you uh, mentioned it earlier, being interested. Uh, I am. It's not necessarily like a new, new game, but it's my first time playing it. And it still came out came out this year. It was uh, January 21st, mm-hmm. um, and it's currently $14.99 on Steam, not on sale, but um, I have seen it on sale before. It's also uh, $14.99 on the Switch. Oh, same price. Okay. Uh, I think it would be a good Switch game as well. Um, but I'm currently playing it on PC through Steam. Um, I have not heard or played games from this uh, publisher, and this is the developer's first game, but the developer is Bad Viking Publisher Iceberg Interactive. Uh, and it was recommended to me on Steam through um, games I had played previously, more specifically Forgotten Anne. Um, so that's kind of what got my attention to begin with. And because Steam summarizes it better than I can and has some interesting hooks, the main tags are mystery, exploration, puzzle, investigation 2D. And 
the uh, description is strange horticulture is an occult puzzle game in which you play as the proprietor of a local plant store find and identify new plants pet your cat, speak to a coven, or join a cult. Use your collection of powerful plants to influence the story and unravel Undermere's dark mysteries. And Undermere's the location of the place that your um, plant store is located. So yeah, mostly got it because it was recommended to me um, based on games I'd previously played. And then when I went to go read the summary, it just kind of threw me for a loop. I was like, oh yeah, I identify new plants. I love plants. I, I can't take care of them, but I love them. Um, and, oh yeah, pet your cat. Always, always get me up, pet your cat. I'm just like, oh yeah. And then join a cult, speak to a coven. You've got some strange plants. I'm like, what is this game? So um, it definitely grabbed my attention. Uh, and if you look at the Steam uh, page it does say the reviews are overall uh, very positive um, and I have been liking it for the most part so far uh, I think it's around it's supposed to be around a five to six hour game of course anytime something is summarized in a certain amount of hours it always takes me a minimum of two hours more um <laughs> for shorter games obviously longer games that's exponential but anything that says five hours okay that's probably gonna take me seven to eight uh just because i'm clicking on everything and i'm rereading everything and sometimes i'm just sitting and looking at the art uh and this one is very interesting in that it is a game that is very narrative, it's very text-based, but even then a lot of narrative and text-based games I've played have like kind of taken you to different environments or different situations. And this game is all on one screen in your shop. And the only time it switches screens is um, to end the day or if you switch to your map that you can unfold. And whenever you want to travel to new places to find new plants, you just click on that spot on the map. Mm -hmm. And there's a little text uh, box off to the side that will bring up a description, maybe an extra like illustration. But for the, yeah, for the most part, the entire game is one screen, one spot. I would say it's pretty cozy. To me, it's very cozy. Uh, like, just the overall atmosphere, the art, the sound effects, this, but the story, obviously, it's like, oh, you can speak to a coven, you can join a cult. There's definitely some strange things going on. Uh, and I don't know if it's necessarily doing anything super different or unique. I am not sure how like sold I am on the actual mystery itself or the story or the characters I just really enjoy solving the puzzles on the map I like getting these new plants these new plants are not realistic they have very like magical properties uh like you can turn invisible and I'll take so I'm, it. I'm enjoying most of that but yeah the overall story like yeah I want to see what happens but I'm not necessarily um super intrigued through it because of that it's mostly the other game mechanics uh it does say that it has a branching story 
And you can kind of see when that is happening because it'll pull up two options. Like, do you give a person this plan or this plan? Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, it's a little bit strange to me though, because you have these very rare plants and you get more as the game goes on. And it's very clear from the get-go that some of these plants are very poisonous and you're just giving these plants to anyone no questions asked and so it's a little I get that anytime you add like extra layers extra choices that always adds a lot more complexity but there are times when someone comes in and is like oh I want this plant and you go to your book and you read it and it's like this plant is super poisonous and I'm like, I wouldn't give that to this person who knows what they're gonna do one. with it yeah yeah and then other times it'll give you a choice oh do you want to give them this and this and it's just like uh, either one could be good or bad. I, mm-hmm. I I wanted the choice earlier. I didn't want to give that person that poisonous plant. Um, so that one's, that, that part is a little bit, not necessarily jarring, but it's a little bit frustrating. Um, I don't know, because you have specifically sound. I, if you play it, I don't think you can play with sound on because the whole ambiance is rain and storm. And so Mm. we were talking about like uh, Final Fantasy work dev group, uh, (laughs) raining sounds cause for a very sleepy day. For me, it worked. Like usually I also get pretty sleepy, but for me, like it was, and as we were talking about earlier, it was actually raining here, which doesn't happen super often. So I was like playing this game, it was raining in the game, it was raining outside the game. I was like this it's perfect. So I kind of had that extra layer of, um, that, that's my ambient noise. I fall asleep to every night. If you put that in my game, if that's all I can listen to, I'm going to sleep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and it's pretty constant. Like there are some days that aren't raining, but most of this game is raining or at the very least drizzling. Um, cause again, you're just in your shop the entire time. So you hear that sound constantly. Um, it's wish listed. Maybe I'll just wait for the Steam sale because we should be having Steam sale soon. I want to really play. I don't know if anybody's played this yet. And it seems to be like this, but with more interactivity and like people and moving moving around people and things is Potionomics. I want to play Potionomics. Um, but yeah, so I'll, I'll, I would try it. I would try it because it sounds really interesting to me, right? Like all of the things that I could do, like, it, again, it's, it's you know, it's growing things and figure th- figuring things out. I love, pu- I love puzzle games of any kind. And if you give me puzzles, like thoughtful puzzles, puzzles that are not just the same old thing, then I'm going to be very happy with them. Um so I might, I might try it. I might try it out. Cause Lonesome Village um, is a, and I talked about that a little bit earlier, um, is a very kind of cutesy, cozy game with lots of farming and also like some, um, lots of farming and, and kind of collection and stuff, but it's puzzle based. It's got lots of puzzles, which is what really kind of grasped me and held on to me, even, even though there were, there were issues with the text itself, but. So strange horticulture sounds interesting. I just have to know that I need to be sitting sitting up in my chair drinking a cup of coffee while I'm <laughs> yeah. playing it. 
also it's super cute and i like i felt bad but i kind of chuckled the first time there's like a, a a bell that you can ring to call up the next person to progress the story and your cat is like sitting right next to it so it jumps i'm like oh my gosh the first time i have i'm so sorry kitty but it happens every single time and i started to feel bad and i know it's not a real cat but i felt really bad so tip for anyone that's playing if you pet the cat and then hit the bell, the animations won't stop in time for the cat to be scared. So you can pet the cat and then ring the bell and the cat will be fine. And you don't feel bad. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Thank you. That helps a lot to know, to know that, um, to know that, that, you know, about the game. It, it helps me decide not if I'm going to buy it, but perhaps when I'm going to buy it. <laughs> yep the cat always helps and then one other uh just tip that really helped me that i'm so mad that i didn't figure out until because again i saw about an hour but i'm very close to the end um is in the settings it is not automatically checked but if you go into the settings there is something called uh auto tag um, because as you discover the plants you have these little paper tags that you can go place on the plant then type out the name um, and you can always place a tag on a plant whenever, even if you kind of think you know which plant it is beforehand based on other factors. But once it is officially confirmed, it will go and automatically assign that label. Um, gotcha. And I was like pausing the game. Okay, I got to type out this tag. Like, okay, I have to remember this. They just said it in their, their text and then I would forget. And um, so that was a little bit frustrating, but there is an auto tag. It helps a lot. I don't think it, to me, it didn't add anything to the game to like personally just, I have to type this out. Like, I know what it is, just do it for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or else I'm gonna forget. Um, so yeah, definitely interested in finishing it. Almost done. It is a very short game. Uh, there's a few other aspects about it, but yeah. It's hard to finish longer ones for me now. It's because we're so dang busy with everything else. <laughs> okay, I appreciate you. All right. I think I think that that we've talked about some good games and talked about how we how we've how we've been playing, not only what we've been playing, um, which I think is important. And Trey, thank you so much for joining us tonight to talk about to talk about what you're playing um my pleasure my pleasure yeah i'll have to come back after i finish tacoma even though you talked about it a long time ago apparently um it's a very short game i know but i keep starting it and then putting it down so maybe tomorrow i'll finish it there you go you can you can finish it tomorrow and then you can play and then you can play god of war because <laughs> god of war comes out tomorrow trey you know, this is the thing, and we've talked about this a lot. There's so many games, you know, there's so many games and you're just like, how do you even prioritize them? There's so many games to play all the time. And now that um, I'm teaching some new classes next semester, I feel like my my stack of games I should play for work is ever growing too. You know, and then it has to p- compete with the games I'm just interested in for my own sake. And then it's like, oh no, but I'm teaching this class. I really should play this, this, and this, so. Well, God of War, it would also be not only what you want to play, but what you need to play, because you have you have other games that you need to be playing too, Trey. It's always constant. It's always constant. 
<laughs> so yes, I I will. I mean, I'm definitely gonna play the God of War to to some extent. I've never played one before, so I think that sort of says something right there. You know that I've never like gravitated to the franchise, mm-hmm. but I'm interested in at least trying it for a moment. There you go. See, so God of War, you can pick that up tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I wonder if there's a pre-order bonus. I should look that up. I'm gonna look that up before I go to bed tonight. I'm write it what down. You play it on Sam. It's, you can only play it on one thing. Oh, it's, it's only PlayStation. Mm-hmm. It's not. Go. It's they haven't. Uh, they're not releasing it on uh, PC yet. PlayStation's better. That's why. That that is not true. Just think yeah, about it this way: if it was on PC, you could play it on your Steam. Uh, on just, your Steam just, just riddle me this: what is an exclusive Xbox title that must be played? A must-play recent exclusive Xbox title. They don't even do exclusives anymore, do they, Sam? Yeah, they do. What's a must-play? There's a there's well, most of the just like everything else during the pandemic, everything got delayed. But um, the ones coming up at the beginning of the year, like Redfall, Starfield. Games that have not been released yet? I mean, other than God (laughs) of War that also got delayed and is releasing at the end of the year, what has been a must-play, what's been a must-play PlayStation exclusive? Well, but you have, you know, the the Last of Us. Everybody could go to The Last of Us. That's not even new. It's a remaster. The Last of Us 2. That's not new. During the pandemic. That came out in 2020. Oh, there's been tons of stuff that came out on Xbox during the pandemic. I'm just talking about recent stuff. Oh, you got Spider-Man Miles Morales. I mean, if you go back in the the last like couple years, there have been a lot of PlayStation exclusives, I think, that Xbox can't touch. I don't know what's been exclusive. You know what was an exclusive Xbox title that was that got me hyped? What you ready for this? Uh Uh-huh. Sunset Overdrive. Well, I mean, all the Forzas. They, there's a new Forza every year. Oh, you, you can't even you can't even pretend like you care about Forza. Sam. I don't. That's what I'm saying. If you want to talk about racing games, it'd be all the Forzas, and but the Forzas got... are always the best of the racing games. Gran Turismo is. That's not true. It is. I, I don't even like racing games, and I know Gran Turismo is not. No, the best. Gran Turismo is really good for like your realistic racing sim. You know, with the tuning and stuff, like it's really great for that beautiful. You got tuning in. You got tuning in, in Forza. You do, but it's much more realistic and and harder, aka harder in Grand and Grand Turismo. Are you and, talking about Horizon or Motorsports? No, I'm talking about Horizon, regular. Force no, Horizon. Motorsports is more realistic. If you want a more realistic one, you got to go Motorsports. Well, I enjoy playing both of them, honestly, but I but I <laughs> but I like Grand Turismo a little bit more. You know, what you're in for. yeah. Stop trying to troll, Trey. I'm, I'm, I'm trolling. I don't with play the console Sam. wars. I don't play the console wars because I have all the cons. I game on all the consoles and the PC. I play games on everything. So I don't play console wars. I play wherever it runs best and what, what I want to play in that moment is. Yeah, I'm, I'm loyal to Sony, I guess. I am but, not. Uh, but speaking of console wars, the History Channel is doing that doc- their documentary series, uh, The Toys That Built America. And they have one episode. It's not quite console wars yet, but the episode two of this season uh, was on the birth of the video game industry, the beginnings of the video game industry. Uh, yours truly was on it. And but now they're going to be getting into the console wars. So they're going to get into. So this was just kind of like early, 
you know, Pong kind of, well, from Magnavox uh, through Atari. Mm -hmm. So that's like this episode. And then they're going to get into the console wars kind of in the next couple of episodes. So I want to check it out. They do some reenactments that are kind of, kind of quirky, kind of dopey, but also really cool and like well done to an extent. So I really like the Jerry Lawson segments in this first one. So I will put a link to those uh, history the, to that History Channel series in the show notes. So if people are interested in in looking at it and see what Trey has to say, yeah, about the yeah. beginning of the industry. Um, but yeah, no, the console wars. It's like hip hop and sort of like you know you always had to have a beef. This is what drove the industry. Don't, we don't need beef. that no more. We you don't need that beefs. no more. I'm just saying that's a style. That's that's what it was, and that and it really has died out by now. Like it really is kind of irrelevant. I mean, is it really? Because I mean, we can see that it's it hasn't died out from the fact that Sony keeps trying to hold up that Activision sale for Microsoft. <laughs> oh yeah, well, there's that. Uh, but I think that PC. I don't know. I think PC sales are really kind of an interesting sector to keep looking at. Um, not just with the Steam machine, but just PC games in general. I know the majority of people don't play that way, but it's a growing sector. Mm, PCs are so expensive when it comes to gaming because you have to keep them updated. You have to keep them. I mean, so it's, it's it, it, I mean, truly, it is always going to be cheaper than. I mean, but they already looking at replacing that next year. The Steam machine mm-hmm. or the uh, Steam Deck? Yep. They better not. They stopped supporting their Steam machine, which I held on to for a very, very long time. No, they're just looking. They're not going to stop supporting it. They're just going to bring out the next version. Updating it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's that that's that's necessary. I mean, but it is problem- necessary because, you know, this is the this is the this is kind of in its nascent stages. Right. Yeah. So early adopters always, always, always get hit hard. Right. Because they always come out with a, a better one fairly quickly. But I mean, your your consoles, your PS5s and your Series Xs um, will always, will, you know, always generally last you four or five years where a PC will not when you're talking about playing games. Well, I've had my PC for a solid eight years, uh, but I only play but the Sims But what can you on play it. on it, Trey? I only play the Sims on it. Nothing <laughs> else. Saying, you can't, can't play nothing on it. It can't even open <laughs> Firefox, okay? It, it It is so outdated, and it's very... I can't let it update because it'll fully break the Sims. So, <laughs> yep. yeah, that's my Sims machine. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, that's and that's the point. What you can do with consoles, you can play games for five years. With a PC, you cannot without updating mm-hmm. your video cards, adding RAM doing all kinds of stuff to it that you're going to need to do at that two-year mark, three-year mark, four-year mark, et cetera, right? So, you know, it's going to be the, it's going to be clearly the cost of, I mean, and graphics cards, for example, are ridiculously expensive, right? Because like right now, the new top of the line graphics card is going to cost you almost two grand. Yeah. And that's just for the graphics card, not the rest of the computer. But if the consoles were priced at their actual construction price, then you would see less of a gap there between the hardware and in consoles and building a PC. Now, but they're taking a loss. No, that's right. That's the only way they can sell it as semi-affordable is by taking a huge loss. And obviously the PC manufacturers are not in it for the game. So they won't do that. 
Mm-hmm. But you do see these consoles already. Re- I mean, isn't there a slimmer PlayStation 5 coming or is already here? Like Which I don't thing- understand. They don't have enough PlayStation 5s to give to people, period. Why they make it a new one? <laughs> this thing <laughs> is so weirdly shaped, so awkward and so ugly. I'm like, how did this leave the production? I had it. Who, who approved this? This makes no sense. And then it comes I with a little... See mine plastic tray that it's like slide under because it's so imbalanced it's like slide this under your thing i can't even see mine it's it's as ugly as the original like playstation 3s were which looked like some like um misshapen millennium falcon or something (laughs) like it's it's but they re but they're going to reconstruct it too so it makes sense that the steam deck which getting back to that point about affordability is potentially a way to get, I mean, it's a $250 entry point for playing PC games. $350. Was it that much? Yeah. Was the, 300. The base one is 350. The one you got was the one you the one the, the one that you got the one that I, the ones we got I think were like five ninety nine. Oh my god, I paid that much. Okay, scratch that, scratch that. I didn't realize I paid that much. I want my money back. No, damn, um, yeah, I need to get a lot out of this because it doesn't have a, it doesn't have a lot of memory. Like I I'm putting small games on here and not super big games because you will constantly run out of memory space just like you will on the consoles. Mm-hmm. You're um, always deleting and moving games and it's annoying but uh damn i didn't realize it cost that much well but it's the most affordable way to play pc games right now it is it is yeah yeah i would agree <laughs> trey's like wait i pay how much for this no why did i think it's 250 dollars i'm like this no, is cheap this is my the new base thing. model was three oh, i'm man. pretty sure the base model is 349.99 Hold on, let me. I'm gonna double check, and then we we go we we go seriously we'll start wrapping up. But I'm I blocked it out. I see. I blocked out how much it's I spent on this. Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. No, I lied. The base model is three ninety nine. The base model is three ninety nine. The mid model is five twenty nine, and the five twelve is six forty nine. Wow. So Did they go yes, up in prices. That's what no. We that's what we paid, Trey. Wow, I need to get reimbursed. Let me find my receipt for this damn thing. <laughs> I'm just paying out of pocket. I'm a scholar. And as I said on Twitter, I said, I'm I'm sure this is going to be great in the classroom because I hate lugging my systems to and fro. Yeah. You know, I'll store systems in my office to take the class. Yeah. Uh, but I used to just, hey, at the end of it, just start taking my switch and whatever we had on the switch, that's what I would play. Now with the Steam Deck, I'm like, hey, I can play more of the PC games. So I'm sure it'll be great for teaching. Wink, wink. I need to get reimbursed. Damn it. How much is that thing? It was almost $600. Which one did you get? Did you get the middle one or the biggest one? No, I got the middle one. Okay. So five, yeah, 529 plus, plus, plus tax. Mm-hmm. And all the games I bought because I was like, oh, it's coming. And so even when it hadn't arrived yet, I was already buying new games because I was like, hey, I want to try that on my Steam Deck, on my sitting on my couch, which I never play, just chilling with it in my hand, you know, in handhold. Well, right now I have it projected to a screen because it's like, I mean, I don't why use a little screen when you could use a big screen. Lord of mercy. <laughs> all right trey trey jordan again thank you so much for talking about this trey you're gonna have to come back we're gonna have to talk again about more stuff it'll be fun 
It's going to be fun. It's going to be a blast. I appreciate y'all. Um, and with that, that is going to bring us to the end of episode. What did I say? This was 526. No. Three, oh <laughs> my God. What is wrong? 236. <laughs> I always am so off with, with numbers. 236. <laughs> Until next time when we are here for episode 237. Y'all take care of yourselves. Be safe. Play some video games. And as always, my friends, game on. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 